Welcome everyone. Welcome to Bourbon Real Estate. We're back. And today we have a freaking fantastic bourbon that I had the opportunity to have last or earlier this week actually and uh, at Beaver Creek Bar. So shout out to Beaver Creek Bar hometown. And uh, I want to thank Mike Wall for finding me this bourbon. So Mike, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm thrilled to be tasting it again. And, so. and you know when, when your case of bourbon is, is delivered by Brinks, that it's got some... This, yeah, this bottle's not for the faint of heart uh, when it comes to pricing, but I kind of had to have it. And I mean, I don't know if you can see... Eric, can you zoom in on that? Mm -hmm. Just this crystal up here at the top. It doesn't ship with this because it will leak everywhere, uh, but it even says 18 on the top. So Whistle Pig 18 Double Malt, double malt Rye um, is the second best bourbon I've ever, I can't call it a bourbon. Second best whiskey I've it's ever It's a had. rye, it's a yep, rye. Yep, yep, it's yep. a rye, yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. So if you have the opportunity to try it, go see Beaver Creek Bar, tell Mike I said hi and try one. But uh, let's dig in. Let's talk some real estate. I'm gonna sip on this slowly. What is that bolt next to you, by the way? That nut? I don't know. All right, anyway. There we go. Real estate, here we are, November tomorrow. October 31st. Yeah, November tomorrow, and uh, uh, time for a break, maybe. I don't think we're gonna have one this year. <laughs> Great. I don't, I mean, I saw multiple offers in the last two weeks, which is nuts, for November. But um, no, I, I want to talk industry news a little bit today. Uh, there's a lot going on. If you guys pay attention to Inman at all, yeah. I advise you not to. No, I'm kidding. Um, <clears throat> they, the big headline this week that I've seen is MLS is cracking down on coming soons. Pocket listings are gone. Austin pulled out. Uh, I just saw a notification today. Midwest uh, Real Estate Association pulled out. And now Compass is actually suing Compass is suing Bright. MLS yeah. for basically anti-comp. They're saying it's anti-competitive practice, mm -hmm. right? So where do you think this is going? I mean, obviously our MLS cracked down on this earlier, mm -hmm. uh, January 1, I think, of this year, and said, look, if you're doing coming soon, here's the rules. Cincinnati did the same thing. So what do you think the future of that is? You know, I, I think we're going back to where we started, and that was a cooperative kind of thing as far as the real estate community is concerned. Now, the outside you know, sources would really like to have some private kinds of pools where they could draw from and have, and have some value added and stuff. But as far as the whole real estate community, the fair thing is to have the MLS <clears throat> listing go live at a point in time that everybody in the co-op, so to speak, has access to. And not, you know, we all know that there are some front runners in the world, but generally speaking, if we can keep that level, I think it's probably better for the consumer. And that's kind of... See, and that's, I, I think this is a slippery slope because how do you decide what what is best for the consumer? Who decides that, first mm -hmm. of all? Because if I'm doing it coming soon, I should be, you know, is the benefit to my client, the seller, right? Is the benefit generating a buzz for their property? Hmm. You know, trying to create the demand because our current rules say that if you put it in the MLS, it has to be shown. Even though agents don't follow this, and I see it all the time, I try to schedule a showing, oh no, showings to the open house, please stop doing that. You can't do it, it's illegal, uh, or illegal to our MLS anyway. So, <clears throat> If that's the case and the MLS truly wants to create a coming soon with no showings, 
and it be advertised to those syndicated sites, that's fine. But that's not, there's no rhyme or reason as to how they're doing this. And that's the problem that I'm facing is you can't build up that demand. And at what point is that demand too great that you're creating bidding wars and driving up appraisal prices that it's unsustainable? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know as any of us know the answer to that. But it's it's one of those things that I, I believe that the, the MLS, and this isn't, uh, if you're from DABR watching this, this is not a knock on you, but I believe the MLSs are intervening in places that they don't necessarily belong um, or that we need more clarity because I know there was there was quite a bit of confusion when those laws or the rules from our MLSs sure, came out. Sure, sure. As to... What is the best practice? And if I do this, oh, then I get a I get a fine. And if I get three of these, then I'm out of the MLS permanently. So a little harsh. And I understand why they did it. So again, I, I think the the thought process behind it was good, but it just wasn't necessarily executed correctly. Well, and back to the question is what's best for my client? What's our best fiduciary? You know, is it to go ahead and get all that hype going and you know and then release it or just throw it out there as broadly as possible and let it come to a, to, a, to a swelter. I don't know. It would certainly normalize our market, which is not a bad thing. So again, there's this macro level and there's this micro level mm -hmm. of what is best for the consumer. And it, I think it really depends on your area because I mean, if we're still in multiple offers in November here in Dayton, Ohio, but California is not. Right. They set the tone, right? I mean, the, we, the we coast play follow the leader. Yeah. The coast. East coast, West coast. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Compass obviously has a ton of money behind them to, to take this legal stance and say, hey, you can't do this. So I'll be, I'll be intrigued to see how this plays out. And Compass generally has been on, this, <laughs> on the side of, of the real estate, the real tour. Um, they kind of do things you know, in, to benefit us. And rep, whereas I think the, some of the other players would really like to have it private and keep it private and not even enter act with the MLS as if they didn't have to. Man, nice segue in. I didn't even tell you we're doing this, but uh, Zillow Unlocked was this week. Did you read anything about it? I actually saw a huge Reddit thread on it, which if you guys aren't on Reddit, it's kind of like yeah. nerdy version of Facebook. So um, More details, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> just big forum. Yeah. But uh, no, there was basically this person that was a longtime Zillow user and used to spend 20 grand a month advertising with them. And as soon as they released their new their new platform, which is coming out here, I think rolling out nationwide by Q1 of next year. Um, the new platform is very much like Op City, where they're charging a 35% referral fee. Sure. And they said in this post that the CEO got up there, and I don't know who the new, I don't think it was Grant, but the CEO or whoever got up there and said, we don't care that we just lost $4 million in revenue. Was it Barton? I, I, I don't know who he was referring to. Yeah, the guy to. that started um, <clears throat> Expedia. Expedia, yeah. So, to get up there and say we don't care that we lost $4 million, first of all, take some balls. But, you know, they, they are now answering to investors. Mm -hmm. So how will this play out with or benefit them? I, you know, again, I, we've had this Zillow conversation forever now. And it's, it's a question of are they with us or against us? And, and uh, they are an artificial entity that's going to do whatever they can to survive. Sure. And their model their, their jobs of to make advertising to realtors or having realtors advertise through them is, wasn't working. Well, I think so there's, there's going to do some changes. Right? Because there's only so many leads you can provide. Right. There's only, um, there's only 
so many agents that are going to be willing to pay that premium, and that premium kept going up. I mean, I remember when I first jumped on. This is two thousand. Was great. Thirteen. Yeah. And I spent five hundred bucks. First mover advantage, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The leads were insanely good. People were ready to move. Closings within six months and best year of real estate individually I had at that point. Right. And it was just like. This take, is easy. Take my money. <laughs> uh, and you know, that is it feeding the beast? Sure. No. Because now they've moved. Hey, we're not a brokerage, but guess what? They are a brokerage. They're going to be a brokerage. No, they are a brokerage. You if you're receiving referral fees, you're a brokerage. Sure. Realtor.com, same thing. Yeah. If you're Op City, you are a brokerage. Yeah. Um, because you we're have to be a brokerage. <laughs> you have to be in order to collect those referral fees. Right. So I don't think you can talk out of one side of your mouth and. Nope, nope. You know, just tell it like it is, and don't. We're not after your business. Yeah, you are. <laughs> or we're after some of it for sure. Yeah. And at one point, do they say, "Hey, we don't need thirty-five. We can get fifty. So now we're going to introduce our brokerage model." Well, or, that, or that sixty. Refer, that referral fee model is going to work, and that is going to keep some of the legacy brokers, the old brokers, in business. It really is. I mean, well, not to mention any names, but some of those guys, if they run out of the USAA leads or the other kind of op city things are the they're they're in trouble so the guys the more independent oriented brokerages are are going to be fine because we're, we can move quicker than those big guys but um, you know nobody wants to pay 35 and they'll and, and or 40 or 50 percent well, look at the every freaking commission reload companies went well, from what 30 to 35, oh, 42 to 49. Back in the day, it was 25, then to 30, 35, 42. What size you've seen? 49. 49. That's a nice round number. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, the legacy brokers, what they're doing with that is, oh, yeah, that's off the top. And then you're still on your split. So if you're on 50 50, oh, you're really getting 25%. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. So yeah. is Zillow going to do that? Is Op City going to do that? As soon as they get the opportunity, absolutely they will. You know? That, yeah. They, they, they are a business. So mm -hmm. I think. Hey, place your bets. Yeah. Stock market closed. <laughs> um, yeah, to think that they're not in business to make money is, you know, crazy. Yeah. So, what else you got? What's the market going to do? Um, well, the I'm not I'm not concerned at all about the mortgage market right now, especially this time of the season. So, I think we'll be very calm for the foreseeable future. Four six months, I don't see any issues at all. Saw rates bottom out for a minute yesterday and bounce back. Like yeah, they're going to be in that. They're going to be in that three and a quarter, three and three quarters, four percent, uh, three and three quarters, four and a quarter for a, a while. So that's not going to affect. It's more of the inventory that's affecting us. Sure. So that's that's going to be the problem, and I don't see that changing. I don't see how it changes when they're not building hundred fifty thousand dollar houses anymore, and that's where these kids want to start. Oh, we, that's one we talked about last week. The was it a Auxiliary dwelling units, ADUs? Yes. ADUs. Oh, this is very exciting, especially for Beaver Creek, Ohio. I don't think it's happening anytime soon in Beaver <laughs> Creek. Um, but you, you are seeing the larger cities authorize these auxiliary dwelling units. And I'm not sure which camera I'm supposed to look at. Uh, before we go, and we've got somebody running the cameras today. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> before we go, I do want everyone to see this camera set up because it's really awesome. And we're using all iPhones. Yeah. All, all iPhone Three 11s. iPhones and one iPad. Yeah. Bam. To control this entire thing. It's our first time going live, I think, successfully. Can show it? Well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, all right. So camera one, camera two, and he's actually on camera three. Or So we have four cameras really running. Yeah. Um, he works for Whistlepig, so that's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's... 
just a cool setup that's really easy to take mobile. I hope the audio is okay. That's our only concern because our stupid microphone doesn't work with the USB-C on the iPad. But uh, back to ADUs, auxiliary dwelling units. Say it in English. It's a house in your backyard. It's an in-law suite. A cottage. A cottage. The tiny house yeah. in your backyard. Yes. So the big cities, D.C., California, you know, cities of California. Uh, I don't. I didn't hear New York because that's really downtown, right? Right. But they're if the saying, lot's big enough, they're squeezing one they, on there, If the lot's man. big enough, they're allowing you to put an auxiliary unit on your property for additional rental income. And it's hopefully helping some of those big cities with their crisis of unaffordable housing well san francisco are you kidding me yeah you uh, can't a million dollars for a 1200 square foot piece of i mean you can't make six figures like low six figures and and, have, live, and, and live in a house right right no no that's no that's got it and it's changing uh very slowly but exciting then the great thing is a lot of places out in the suburbs have those larger lots where you can put a small auxiliary and it doesn't look like crap yeah i mean you know a lot of guys have the What's the difference between having a, uh, a pole barn in your backyard as long as you're off the lines and you're, you know, that's, that's 400, 600 feet of, oh. of floor space. So yeah, it's a large what's the shed. Diff- what's the difference? It's yeah. a large shed. Corrugated aluminum. What's the difference of having a nice little cottage that your mother lives in? Yeah, I don't. I, so we'll see where it goes. I don't think we're going to see it here a I whole would, lot. I wish we would, you know. I wish they would, they would be. Well, uh, we need sub 200 housing. New, new developed horribly, housing. Horribly. And you're, I mean, we saw the huge, we saw this rise of the 120, really? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he didn't turn his watch off. <laughs> uh, but we're seeing this rise of this, you know, the $120,000 houses being redone, completely redone, mm-hmm. $100,000 mm-hmm. houses. Mm-hmm. And they're now two hundred yes. because there's nothing else out there. They're getting the square footage and gutting them. Yeah. It's, yeah and it's 12 to 1,500 feet. Mm-hmm. That's selling for a premium, one seventy-five to two hundred, yeah. and that's why you've seen the explosive growth in Kettering and in Beaver Creek, and you know these areas that, you know, one twenty used to be the entry level housing. It's really hard to find sub one seventy-five anything in these cities. Uh, so I think that that trend is going to continue unless there's a builder that comes in and says, "Hey, I can do sub two hundred new builds." Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that's happening anytime soon. And I think Xenia's got one neighborhood. Uh, Sterling Green mm-hmm. that that's that way but mm-hmm. that's the only one I can think of yeah so well auxiliary what are they called auxiliary auxiliary dwelling, dwelling units, units. ADUs well, put that in your vocabulary coming to a, a subdivision near you soon. we're, we're going to be the first to tell you about it it's like I remember when we were showing clients back in the late 2000s HDTV was really getting big and everybody would say does this house have an ensuite?" and I was like I've been in real estate at this point for like five years. And I was like, nobody's ever said ensuite to me. Nobody says that unless you watch HD TV. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, final thoughts? No, it's just going to be, I hope the winter is calm, cool, and you know. That's going to be cool. Thank you. Yeah, in Ohio, I guess. But, uh, but I think uh, things are kind of normal. I'm always ready for political shakeups, but what are you going to do? Uh, the whistle pig evidently is uh, fantastic, so we got that going for us. We do. Uh, I did have the opportunity to go to a panel this week, and I'm probably going to get everybody wrong on the panel. Uh, Lacey Nunelli, uh, Nikki Gulick, uh, Kanal Patel, Austin Castro, uh, Gillen, uh, Andrew Gaydosh, Mike Wall. They team, did a fantastic team, job. I mean, that's guys. hundreds of millions of dollars in production. Yeah. With a panel of like eight people, which was insanely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's what Agent Hour, After Hours is all about. It's trying to share that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, if you, any of you guys that were there are watching, we'd love to have you on, drink some bourbon with us, drink a beer, whatever it might be. Uh, and just you know, share your wealth of knowledge on what works and what doesn't. Because that's what makes this industry better. Exactly. And, you know, Mike, Mike and I were talking, and he got me the whistle pig. Um, but Mike and I were talking, you know, there's 4,600 agents, which is insane. That's the most ever. Even I think that might be a little high, but even if it's it, four, it 3,500 Well, three was, is, has been the traditional number that we kind of circulated around. But, but what not, percentage did those eight agents have of the market? Huh. Like 10 or 12? Oh, I think it's higher than that. Really? Yeah, I think it's closer to 15. Whew. So. Yeah, well, the, you know, you, efficiency, there has, there's a place for efficiency, but there's also a place for um, personal service. I mean, and that's a hard, that's a straddle for me. You know what I mean? I love technology, but by God, if you don't, if you can't do right by your people and, and get with them and get to their house and do their stuff for, for them uh, and make the world an easier place for them, what are you doing in this business? So the exciting thing was when the question was asked, what do you, what do you tell agents that are newer to the business? What, what do you tell them to do during the downturn? Right. <laughs> That's the hopeful thought. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I think it does. It helps. You know, we saw, I saw 2006 through, I mean, well, I started this in 2006, but 2007, yeah. 2008, 2009, 2010 even, was, they sucked. They were really hard years. It's scary. Uh, but you learn to adapt. You learn to change what your model is. And it gets rid of the agents that just put a sign in the yard and walk away and have no communication with their clients. Mm-hmm. So uh, We'll just, have something that will, that, will, that will shake some things out here. I don't know what it's going to be. It's not going to be interest rates. It's not going to be a market kind of a uh, drag. But, but it, it usually happens. It's been a long – this cycle has been longer than anyone that I've experienced yes. in 40 years. So it's been solid for going on 10 years, and that's a long time for a real estate cycle. So I don't know what's going to cause it to wiggle a little bit, but I'm quite sure that it will. So, All right. That's it. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thank guys. you for joining. Um, make sure to like, subscribe, share, and uh, look forward to my email tomorrow on reason number four, a top five reasons or top five mistakes agents make on Facebook. It's all about photos. Good day.